Hello and welcome to We Are Such Adults Right Now podcast. I am Liz or Libby. And I'm like a friend. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. It's, it's going to be that kind of night. <laughs> okay. I'm Liz or Libby with my good friend, Annalisa. Annalisa. Libby just told me that there is an Animal Crossing character with the name Annalisa, so it's pretty damn exciting, and I feel like I've made it. It's been a really (laughs) good week for me, let's be real. Like, who can say that? And she's an anteater, which is great. Which Um, is, and she's apparently a very cool anteater. I I mean, aren't all anteaters cool? Like, let's be real. They are. Actually, yes. They are. Uh, We have a really fun topic to talk about tonight. We wanted to go over some information that we found or that we've experienced on creating relationships, managing relationships, and all that good stuff. We felt like we were pretty decent experts having known each other for decades. You know, you can't just go through lifetime without, you know, having a friend of more than 20 years and, you know, you got to be a good relationship maker at that point, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so before we dive in, Libby, number one, it's her birthday week, so happy birthday week. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're Love welcome. You. <laughs> uh, number two, what were your weekly wins? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I only have one. That's okay. But uh, I started intermittent fasting this week. Ooh. Um, I have been miserable. <laughs> it's the absolute fucking worst. Like, imagine, like, being hungry. Like, so I have a serious problem with being hangry. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I, I like, throw tantrums like a two-year-old when I'm hungry. Um, like, Austin knows if we get into a fight and I'm just being extra bitchy, that he knows to ask for if I need a snack because I, I'm not good with being hungry. No. So, <laughs> um, so I, it's been rough. But I finally reached a point today where I'm like, I realized, like, oh, hey, if I drink water, mm. I won't be as hungry. So I water. actually drank a bunch of water today. And mm. I didn't have any caffeine. And I don't want to kill myself today. So that's... Hey! I, I know. Like, for the first day, the, all the, this entire week, that I have not wanted to rip Austin's intestines out. So it's been, <laughs> it's been good. So wait, I've, I've seen intermittent fasting popping around a little bit. What, like, what's your timing? What do you do? So I'm trying the traditional, like, 16-8. So I fast for 16 hours, and I eat for, I have an eating window of eight hours. So I start eating at noon every day, and I end at eight o'clock. So okay. um, essentially, I'm only eating two meals a day. Um, I, I'm allowed, like, black coffee with, like, literally a splash of creamer. I'm allowed, like, 50 calories before my noon eating time. So I'm, like, um, literally a splash of creamer. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so you're just supposed to drink, um, like, black tea or black coffee or water the entire time until okay. you eat. Um, so it's, it's good. Apparently, it, it just, for me, it's just retraining my brain to actually understand, like, you don't constantly have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of where I'm at in my life. Um, and so it's, it's actually helping quite a bit, like, a third day, like, I'm actually, even, like, during meals, like, Usually my first meal a day, I eat a ton because I'm trying to make up. I'm like starving. Mm-hmm. Um, but today I actually had a, a moderate sized meal and I was actually very full because I feel like I'm getting satiated faster. Yeah. Um, it was nice. I actually made myself a healthy dinner. I made myself salmon, kale, and 
brown rice, which is like okay. I know, right? No big deal. <laughs> um, so like, I I feel like a super adult today. Like, I feel like I fucking did shit. I was in meetings today. I mm-hmm. only played Animal Crossing for like fifteen minutes. Wow. So like. I'm doing okay. That's doing a okay. lot. That's a whole day worth of weekly I know. wins. That's awesome. Ah. How are you though? How are you? Like, what was your weekly win? It's been a pretty boring week since we last spoke. I've been doing a lot of work. Um, I worked this weekend, which was a pretty adulty thing. So that was cool. Um, yeah. I am trying to be better about eating a little bit more responsibly and moving a little bit more. I know that I am so impacted by what I eat. And if I'm just like in bed all day, you know, that really wreaks havoc on me mentally too. So I'm like, let me just like go on a walk. I went on a walk every day this week, which I normally don't do. And I was like, you know what? That's good. Yeah. Are you like over like lunch or are you doing it more like the, like the afternoons after afternoon, work? Afternoon, afternoon after work. Yeah. So when, when all this first started, like I was doing the same thing, like, like every single day after work, I'd like pick myself up and like go, go for a walk for like mm-hmm. a couple miles and like, yeah. it did wonders for like mental health and like, yeah. Outlook. Yeah. So. And it gives you some fresh air, gets you a change of scenery from being in your office all day. Yeah. My yeah. office is my couch right now. So yes. You are looking at my office right now. <laughs> Looks very comfortable. It is. It's too comfortable. Oh, another weekly win. I stopped taking my afternoon naps. Annalisa, so proud. How so do you like, feel though? Tired, but it's <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's a good thing because I can't, you know, go back to normal work schedule being like, oh, I can just take a nap later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, are you like? Are you having to have more caffeine then? Or are you just yeah. like, like <laughs> It's like I get one of like one bad thing and just kind of replace it with another. No I'm, shame. There's no shame there. I I used to drink so much coffee and so I'm really trying to be kinda careful about that. Actually, that book that I talked about last week on why we sleep and dream. Yes, 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 yes. Really interesting so far. Did you know whales sleep with one half of their brain, like, is completely asleep, and then the other half is completely awake? What the fuck? And that's just how they function, because they can't be completely out and asleep when they're in water and having to be alert constantly. They have to be, like, semi-awake. Well, because it's like sharks, right? Like, okay, again, like, don't quote me, but as far as I know, sharks don't sleep, right? Like, they go into, like, restful modes where they aren't having to eat as much but they don't ever sleep right i don't know i don't know about sharks to be honest yeah i'll check i'll check if the book says anything but I was <laughs> like, that's crazy because then one once one side of the brain is like refreshed it'll flop over and then the other side will be what? asleep yeah it's like switching on your battery on your phone like kind of oh, i was like that's really cool, cool. isn't that cool so Oh my god, like that, like, 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 mind blowing. I know. Um, another thing he mentioned was obviously caffeine is the enemy, but I never really thought about caffeine in like this kind of analytical way 
um, and like the science behind it all, like the half-life of how long it's in your system and everything, which I'm sure you know all about because I used to. Yeah. I used to. I don't, I don't know as much anymore. That's okay. Oh my God, <laughs> but, that's okay. Yeah. Just, I, just... I put a lot of caffeine in water for work because caffeine is a really good um, bitter taste. Mm. So we actually use that as our, like our bitter. So I, I think we put like a whole gram in like a thousand bottles of water to give like the most bitter taste. It's awful. What? Mm-hmm. I would but love just, to see it, it you. In... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were we saying? I was just, I'm just like, God, I would love to go to work with you one day. Just like shadow you. Because <laughs> I didn't wait you to no, do that. so cool. Like, well, honestly, like this week I, um, I accidentally made an extra set. So I brought it home for myself. So it's like check all everything I was doing myself. And so Austin was like with me oh. and I actually, I gave Austin my entire lesson. Like, here's stuff for Smokey. What's different in this, this one and this one? And I was like, <laughs> like char-grilled versus Smokey. Char-grilled has lighter fluid and charcoal notes. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I, lo- I love my job. It's so much fun. Oh, um, God. I love that you love your job. It's, yeah, it's like, because you know, we were like literally just talking about this. Like we have a friend that is like the most like analytical like, good at cutting ties, like, good military person, like, she was made to be in the military, and I, like, I legitimately feel like I found my niche in, like, food science, legitimately, like, I love eating, I love judging people, I love cooking, like, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. She found her niche, you found your niche, I'm still looking for my niche, that's okay. Okay, but today we are discussing your niche, in particular, Mm -hmm. and again, I'm gonna keep, we're gonna keep on saying niche, I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce it niche or niche, but it's like saying foyer versus foyer. <laughs> foyer. <laughs> like, okay, both make me want to gag, okay? Uh-huh. One is be- one is technically more correct. Foyer is technically more correct than foyer, but they both sound pretentious, or what, that one sounds pretentious as fuck. Yes. So I'm going to continue saying foyer, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> so we're going to say niche. niche. But niche just sounds too pretentious, even though I, I'm almost certain that one's the more, the more correct one. Niche sounds like the kind of spread you put on your sandwich. <laughs> like a niche <nichewa> salad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds like the same kind of person that also says schedule instead of schedule. Uh, niche, like, or like mature instead of mature. Oh my God, I hate no. that. My mother says that. My mother oh. says mature, and I'm like, quit it. No one thinks cool no one thinks it's cute it's so cringy it's so cringy i know like Uh, speaking of cringy so like libby was saying earlier we wanted to talk about interpersonal relationships and that's something i'll say quite a bit if you're not familiar with it interpersonal relationships interpersonal communication these are the relationships you have with people that are close to you. So those whom you might work with are your family, your siblings, your spouses, you know, family, friends, kind of that little circle of people. And so when I was in grad school, I was able to do a lot of research for interpersonal relationships and interpersonal communication. So I was thinking if we talked about this today, we could kind of talk a little bit about platonic relationships and also romantic relationships and kind of everything else in between. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when we look at 
the world around us. That sounds so dumb. Um, but the societal sphere of everything, it's all based on relationships in one way or another. And so one of the coolest things that I thought we did in grad school was talk about this um, study that really took a bunch of questions that people could ask each other to get to know them better. Libby and I were talking earlier how it's it, something really similar came out of it. It's this big romantic thing like fall in love with a person after you ask them 35 questions. It's really similar to that but on a bit more of a general level like it's still deep but not like sexy I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But so I, um, I, I didn't find the exact one that we had worked on, but I found something relatively similar to it. And I thought, even though I've known Libby now for two decades, you know, you, you can always be surprised by people. So I thought, why not just look at some of these and see the progression of, you know, um, just your answers and everything. I'm just, I'm really curious to what you'd have to say and just... You know, if you're listening to this, think about asking, like, probably not just, like, going up to someone and asking them all these random questions, but just, they're really good thought-provoking questions to try to just know someone on a deeper level. Again, whether it's someone you already know pretty well and want to know further, someone you want to date, someone you just want to be friends with, whatever the case may be, some of these are just really good thought-provoking questions, I think. So what we did... And ours is we started out with really easy, like, icebreaker questions. One of them is, like, what's your favorite color? So, Libby, what's your favorite color? Um, emerald green. Emerald green? Emerald green. And what's your favorite food? Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> That's I actually know. really hard. I know. I feel like, like, when you're a kid, it's so obvious, but, like... Pizza. Which, okay, that was actually, when people ask me, I'm like, pizza, obviously. Obviously. Um, obviously. Uh, I think it would probably be spicy salmon rolls for, for sushi. Shit. That's really adulty of you. No, I know. Aww. You know, but see, have, you know. we already talked, we already had, like, a little dialogue. It's I great. know, I know. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, do I have to, should I ask you the same questions? Okay, well, what's your favorite food, then? My favorite food is mac and cheese, like shells and cheese. Okay, like Velveeta shells and cheese? Yes. Like, with the, like the creamy pouch? Correct. Dude, it is so white trashy, but it's so fucking Liquid gold, bitches. Yes, though. Ugh. Like, you had pork chops, like the, like the, what is it, like the oven fried pork chops, like whatever, with like the mm. batter. Yeah. And the shells and cheese. That was like go-to when I was a kid. All you need. That's all you need. I really wish I could be the kind of person slash functioning adult that said, like, my favorite meal is, like, salmon salad with the dressing on the side. Or, like, oh, fuck you. Okay, anyone that says that's a fucking liar. Okay, <laughs> I guarantee you. And hey, listeners, if you are one of those people, great. Do what's going to make you happy. I just... While you are eating your salmon salad, I'm going to be over here knee-deep in a box of shells and cheese. So the idea Sorry. is it starts out really easy, right? Um, and the, these are really fun. Like, we would do some of these icebreaker ones with my students that I taught just because, like, remember going back to college, being in a classroom for the first time, everyone is, like, saying their name, and you have to say, like, one fun fact about you, and it's really stressful and awkward. 
we would always try to make that a little bit easier just with the communication side of things and help students feel less like embarrassed or just the whole thing. Um, And so we just came up with a bunch of silly questions, but they started out like that. And so then they gradually get a little bit more complex. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, one of them is what is your philosophy in life? You go from zero to 60 real fast. Like my stomach just like literally just dropped into its ass. Like, oh my God. Right? Okay. Okay. I think I have it. Okay. Like you, like, I think that you should leave the earth a little bit better than when you came in. And even if that's like helping like give to charitable nations or just being like a good, decent human being that picks up trash and you see it on the fucking ground. Like, I like that. You know, I like that. I like that. And so the idea then is to like, you know, I'm over here thinking like, what the fuck would I say? I don't know. But that also tells me so much about like a lot of your values and morals just with that mm-hmm. one question, which is pretty cool. Like, what would your philosophy? I'm like, I'm actually just genuinely curious. But like, what would your philosophy be? I am not 100% sure. Probably something to the same effect. Like, don't be a complete dick all the time to <laughs> other people. <laughs> and like, be kind. You know, it's not that hard. Um, but you know, be kind to other people. Be kind to yourself. And just, you know, live life. Just, like, try to be present with everything because it goes by too fast. I love that, dude. Deep stuff, dude. All right. Sorry. Okay. So continue. So I won't go through all of them because there are Mm -hmm. literally, like, hundreds. Um, Some of them are, like, do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Do you, you know, what was the best phase in your life? What was the worst phase in your life? This is a good one. What makes you feel accomplished? It's actually sad how hard. No, they're they're intended to be like that. Oh my god. Um. So, like a little bit of background, because I don't want to sound like a total prick. Um. So I get like a little bit communication is we've done like disc profiles at work and I think that they're really cool. I think that they're very like telling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I am a pretty hard D. Um, so I am driven, the driven part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I lean a little bit more towards I as well. So that'd be influencer. Um, but so I really enjoy getting, seeing results. Um, and I tend to have the, mentality like I don't give a shit how you get there but fucking get to the fucking results mm-hmm. um a lot of that's a lot of f words but I'm sorry <laughs> um but I'm I that's kind of my philosophy that's that's when I feel accomplished is when I can like look back at my work and I'm like I came here with a task to needed to be done I got results from it and I'm happy mm-hmm. whether that's cleaning or finishing a report at work or, or what have you something kind of visual yeah, you can very clearly say, like, this is where things were then, this is where things are now. Exactly. I like that. That fits a lot of you knowing you and what you do for a living. That really fits a lot. That makes sense. It's actually really goofy. So, um, so it's D-I-S-C. Um, I actually did a little bit of research for this uh, episode. So D is driven. They're really... Um, they're not very like task oriented. They're more results oriented. They want to see 
They want to work quickly to get somewhere. Um, like we've kind of discussed before, I'm a very big picture person. I care about small details, but I want to see the big picture first and then we'll worry about the small details and how to get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, as more of an influencer, they tend to be people that um, want to kind of gather people and uh, kind of have everyone kind of play off their own strengths. Um, and then S, which I'm completely blanking on right now, um, but I can I can tell you that C for sure is conscientiousness. This profile, uh, steadiness is S. What was it? Steadiness. Steadiness. Okay, so yeah. the first one was driven. I'm writing these down. The first so one again, was driven influencer steadiness. Steadiness. And then C is conscientiousness. Ooh. So those tend to be the analytical people, the people that really like small details, getting into the nitty gritty and really care a lot about precision. Those are the people eating salmon salads for their favorite meal. Yes, because they think their body is a temple. Good for them. Hey, so. I wish I thought the same thing. <laughs> kudos. Kudos to you. So, Annalisa, where do you think you would fall on a disc profile? See, I would almost have to take it, um, I'm not C, that's for sure, um, steadiness, maybe, I would have to take it, I, when we did a lot of stuff like this too, we did a lot of the Myers-Briggs stuff, I love um, Myers-Briggs, I love Myers-Briggs, we did a lot of the Enneagram stuff, things like that, but DISC I have not taken, and so I would almost want to take it and, like, do some homework and get back to you and let you know. If, if you guys can find it online, like the free version of it, it's not as in depth. Um, cause like my work paid for like the expensive in depth yeah. version, yeah, but it's sure. out like a 13 page booklet about like my entire personality and how I can, um, communicate with other people in their perspective areas. I love so that. To and C's and I's and work with them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. more for like a, a work relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. No, yeah. if I'm able to find the free version i'll go ahead and post that on the website too because that sounds really fun i love personality tests too (laughs) um let me find just one more question for you yeah yeah. sorry to to off track us no no Ooh, this is a good one okay what's the one thing that people always misunderstand about you i feel like that's a question that other people have to answer for you right no. I don't. <laughs> okay, like, this is, like, the time I was in an interview once, and they asked me, why shouldn't I hire you? <laughs> like, oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> what is something that people misunderstand about me? Mm-hmm. I think, so I tend to, like, goof off a lot, and I put a really large emphasis on making relationships with other people. Um, and so I think people misunderstand that as, um me not caring as much about work um but it to me it's a part of work yeah i think relationships and communication are, are a huge part of work and making sure that you have a successful team um and i like i feel like i'm in an interview right now i was <laughs> gonna say i feel like this I, is an interview this is, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i think i think that's i think the biggest misunderstanding about me i don't know i like um, that it's the social piece that makes everything worthwhile right exactly I don't know what I would say to that. I think, 
I think when people meet me for the first time or see me or whatever, because I suffer from RBF, resting bitch face. Oh, you, and you know this, I do too. Yeah, I, I just feel like people are very, and I'm, I'm usually on the quieter side until I get to know you. That's the good old introvert, shy side of me. I, I'm never the one to start a conversation. Um, and I think a lot of people with that based off of my RBF probably think I feel above them or I'm super judgy or anything like that. Um, I don't know. They probably just think I'm super unfriendly, but I'm not. I'm really friendly. Which is because I was going to say, like, you are like one of the sweetest people I know. <laughs> that could not be like the farthest thing from you. It's just my face. It's just I, what my I, face honestly, does. I remember passing a girl in the mall once. And I was just, like, I was walking by myself, and she, like, looked to her friend, and she was, like, she looks like a mean bitch. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm the only person that's hollow with you. She had to be talking about me. <laughs> she looks like a mean bitch. Yeah. Oh, fuck them. I that's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was just kind of a little bit of what we would do. And just, I don't know, when you're trying to meet people, it's not like you need to pull up a bunch of random questions like this to ask them. But, I mean, I think it is interesting because it's really self-reflective, too. Like, God, what would I say for something like that? You know, and it's just, it's supposed to just make you feel that much more comfortable and familiar with someone, even though you may have just met them, like, 20 minutes ago or something. Like, like laughing nervously, honestly, brings people together. It does, because no. then you're all in that weird, like, awkward boat together. Like, with, like, bad feelings are actually more bonding than positive feelings. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. I wanted to ask you, because kind of like what you were saying earlier about how you really prioritize, not, I won't say prioritize, but you definitely make a point to uphold a lot of your social relationships. Mm -hmm. And you've always been like that which I really admire, but how do you navigate that in the workplace? Like how, when you started, mm -hmm. what was the environment versus what is the environment now? Or like, how do you kind of make those relationships with people you work with? So like picture yourself day one back in your job. You don't mm -hmm. know a lot of people, like how do you present you to them in a way that helps them receive you that's that's actually a really a very good question i'm really bad um, at this i'm really bad at first impressions oh so that's God. why i'm curious because you have a lot of social experience because you're much more of an extrovert than i am <laughs> which is actually so i don't know if you remember but um you and i once discussed our myers-briggs and we're sure we both intjs yeah, we were. Um, which is, we're, so women only make up 6% of INTJs or so, something like that, right? There's, There's like 6% like people yeah. are INTJs and like women are a very small portion of that. I looked it up just now, INTJ, because I forgot what it stood for. It was introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. Mm -hmm. That seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's like, I, I, it, do they have the statistics readily available there for like it male says, versus female? Let's see. INTJs and INFJs are the most rare um, because of the dominant perception of function and intro introverted intuition. 
Um, INFJs make up one and a half percent. INTJs make up 2.1 percent. That's crazy. It is. So we're like super rare and we've been friends for like decades, like NBD. I wonder if um, that's a part of it because we're, <laughs> we're the same. Uh, <laughs> like, I almost like, want to take these again. I almost want to take these again and see. Like, like real talk. So, um, I actually use 16 personalities, um, dot com. It, I think is the best one. And it also, um, like it personifies like each one. So, um, we as an INTJ, forget what it is, but I think we're the architect. So we're That's really good. Is, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoy like reading that. Like I felt like truly understood for the first time in my life. Um, oh. but the older I get, the more extroverted I become. So right now I'm like literally right on the edge of introvert and extrovert. Mm-hmm. So I am actually considered an ambivert. So I remember um, you mentioning that now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I consider myself ambivert, at least for now. Um, and so I, I find myself, I guess to kind of get back to your question is how do I present myself in the beginning so I can form positive relationships with these mm-hmm. people? I present myself as quieter um and I only let my kind of louder side come out here and there to give them small doses <laughs> otherwise I do recognize that I come on a little strong if I <laughs> um am immediately like myself um but I have noticed so like I am in a group that is literally so I think there's eight of us seven of the eight are no yes six of the eight are all C's, like hard C's in the disc profile. Mm. So um, there's only one other person that's a D, and one person is an S. Um, oh. So it's very, it's very interesting. So it was very quiet before I got there. Um, the entire group was very quiet. They were not interested in being friendly towards each other <laughs> for Just the most part. Kind of like nose to the grindstone and get exactly. done what needs to, sure. Exactly. And I, I think, I hope that I've had like a small part and I, I, they've over the last couple of years and, you know, Sherry's mentioned it too, like, but over the last couple of years since I've been there, people tend to have let their walls down. They're okay with being a little goofier, like during like their panels and things like that. And so it's, um, I think just slowly <laughs> inching my way into their lives. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. I don't know, dude. That's a really good question. I think yeah, I think just coming off as, I like to pretend like I know everything when I be first, not like, like mansplaining shit, but like, right. I, I come in acting co- very confident. Like, yeah. yes, I already, yes, I'm good. Um, you like assertive. Exactly. Sure. Um, and that, that's kind of how I warm my way into people's hearts. Aww. Um, I don't know, how, like, how about you? Like, like, what's your like method of getting people to like you? Like during, like when you like first start a job? Well, I don't really have a method um, because my current company, I've only been at about a year and a half and it's very individual. I don't mind it because I'm not a super social person. I would much rather stay in my office and get work done and then go home. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, But it's not like if someone came in and said, hey, I wouldn't like give them the finger, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just, with what we do, um, it's just, it's hard to kind of keep fun in the workplace, I guess. 
kind of stricter than what I've been used to in the past. And so I've definitely been more cognizant of that. But it works well for my personality because I'm not the one going into the office like balls against the wall, um, social butterfly. <laughs> so I actually don't mind it. Usually yeah. what I'll do in my position then is, you know, have people come to me, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, I don't have a lot of work friends. I'm also one of the youngest ones there. And so everyone else, either they're just extremely busy or they're just a lot older than me and we just don't have anything in common. That's a big part of it too, just office demographics. Um, but I will say kind of what we were talking about last week or a couple weeks ago, um, like when you move to a new area and you're an introvert making friends, that one extrovert that kind of helps bloom other relationships for you. I find that at work a lot and in the couple of places I've been and this one in particular did that for me. My mentor was that role for me. And so I've become acquaintances with a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have without her oversight. I just, I'm not a super social person at work because it's always like, you know, deadlines, 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 and all of this stuff. Um, so I'm really bad about making relationships at work. But again, I'm not a dick to people. I'm just really focused on stuff. So I don't know. My job, and because I used to work in a very like technical side, because I I work in research and development now, which tends to be like the fun older sister <laughs> of like food science, you know. Um, but like I used to work in a very technical side where I was working a lot with like government, mm -hmm. um, like entities and things like that. And everyone, like just like your office, it was open concept. If you had to talk some to someone, you had to whisper. Mm -hmm. If you talked to like normal volume people, be like. Like, please just shut up and never talk again. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, it's, it is, for, for me, it was very hard working in that kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally I, see why you would not be crazy about that kind of space, whereas I don't mind it. Yeah. Because I would rather not talk to people, period. <laughs> just put your headphones in, listen to your podcast. Yeah. And I, I realize when I say that I, I sound like such an asshole by no, doing I'm that. But I'm also just trying to work my ranks up through work, too. And I know, like, there's going to be a time and a place where I can have more of a personality at work and have more fun with things. I don't know. Well, I, I feel you. Like, just keep, like, like you said, keep your nose to the grindstone. Get your yeah. shit done. And then hopefully there's a day when you can spread your wings a little bit more. Spread my wings and fly. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That. That's right. Um, so I know in past episodes, we've talked about making friends through meetups, through Bumble BFF, other things, which I know is definitely huge now. So I would expect a lot of people who might be listening to this would have similar experiences. Like I know that's just how a lot of people make relationships now. It's just through some kind of online medium. Like every date that I've ever been on has been found like via Tinder or Bumble or yeah, I've been Austin on Tinder. Like, there's nothing you know, really like, organic about just like oh, running into someone at the grocery store and then all of a sudden like you know your best friends or you're dating or whatever. I yeah, I don't know how people made friends in the '80s. I don't get it. I know, I you don't know, understand. But I, I don't know. I I really miss the days. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier too. Like when we were in college, high school, school, really, um, when we had this kind of like forced organization of 
that classroom network of clubs of whatever we did that always kind of came with the set of people with an automatic shared interest or exactly. whatever. Um, I do really miss that. And I feel like outside of work, there's really not that kind of equivalent for adults. It sounds like you found something really, you know, equitable to that in what yeah. you do. Yeah. I'm still looking for that because again, I don't know, I don't know a lot of things about my coworkers outside of like their jobs really and like some bits and pieces here and there, but we're not ever like talking about our favorite things or whatever, you know, it's just not that kind of environment. And work is really the only thing I can think of that would be somewhat similar to that kind of social setting. And, and honestly, like one of the things that kind of has brought some of my coworkers and me together, like there's, of the eight of us, there's probably like four or five of us that are pretty close. But the fact that we have to be in a lab together for sometimes five or six hours at a time, mm -hmm. you're forced to communicate and be like, how was your weekend? What did you do? Mm -hmm. And that really does help communication, like breaking down walls, because you, if you're going to be awkward, you might as well just like fucking talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, Make it like less miserable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, it like my friend um, at work, um, she's amazing. But like, you know, we just we talked over samples one day, and now we bitch about our husbands together. You yeah. know, like it's super it's a fun. Good outlet. It's a good yeah. outlet because you do sometimes just need that kind of thing. So another thing that I've been kind of wanting to pick your brain about outside of work relationships, because I do think work relationships are so important on a professional level and just, you know, maintaining that world. Because if you're going to go to work every day, you might as well not hate it all the time. Like, have a little bit of fun <laughs> It's hard. It. It's really it's hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do that and learn that myself. So it's not like I'm completely shutting myself out or anything. It's just the nature of the work is just the way it is. Work aside, obviously we all have other important relationships, you know, like us. We've been friends for a really, really, really long time. Like literally preschool, yeah. Which is incredible, I think, this day and age. You know, we have significant others, we have partners, really good family systems, I think. We're both very close to our families, We're yeah. both very close to our families, and even like our extended families, too. Mm -hmm. Like, because we're both the babies in the family. Mm -hmm. And so babies often are treated a little bit differently. We were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. Babies and families are treated a little bit differently than their sibling counterparts. But I just want to know, outside of what I saw, because, again, I was over at your house, like, more than my own. <laughs> I mean, you lived with us pretty much for, like, summers. <laughs> pretty much did. Um, but I know, I just want you to kind of explain what your relationship was like with your family. Um, and you don't need to go into a ton of specifics if you don't want to, but just like what your relationship was like when you were a kid versus now. That's like, that's a super good question. Like I honest, I actually spend my time thinking about this a lot. Like, um, so my sister and I, I would, I would consider us all like we would, we're fairly close. Like she is one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, even though we are extremely different, we could not be more different if you tried. Um, when we were younger, I think, and this was like, this is like it in like most families, especially when you're the youngest. And I was definitely an accident. So I have not like a huge gap, but a pretty good gap between my sister and I and my brother. 
Um, and then my, obviously my half brother is 14 years older than me. Um, we are just, just polar opposites and we just could not get along. And like, I literally remember the first time that I actually got along with my sister was watching Family Guy when I was 11 and she was 15. Like legitimately, I remember that. And so now I, kind of, I just kind of blossomed from that. She went to college and we became closer. But I mean, like for my brother, like my brother, who's my full brother, we're very similar in so many ways. Um, even like the way we speak and we, our mannerisms are extremely similar. Um, but weirdly enough, like we put our equity of our relationships in different places. So mm-hmm. I tend to be more family oriented and he tends to be more friend oriented, which is kind of interesting because he's the oldest and I'm the youngest in our immediate family. And so um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's very, very interesting. We don't spend a lot of time together, but we, I don't know, we tend to get along whenever we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's my brother, um, which honestly did not even realize that he was my brother until I was about six years old. My parents talked about, and I didn't really put two and two together that we had the same father. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, why would you as a kid? You know? Right. Like I was six. So I was like, I don't know. I don't care who he is. He sounds like he's family, but I've never met him. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like he's 40 now and I'm 26. So it's, we've never really had much in common, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but like, I think we, ha- we all have like a family group that we talk. Um, but like, I don't know. It's just, I wish that I was closer and I wish that I could communicate with my family more, mm-hmm. even though I am, I feel close to them, but I feel like I could do better. Does that make any sense at all? I feel like you just rambled yeah. five minutes. about. No, like- it makes 100% sense. I mean, again, our backgrounds are really similar in the regard where we have a pretty big gap between us and our siblings. Um, and I, I felt the same way with my sister, like, I, we didn't get along that well at all because we were 10 years apart, practically, you know, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) Like, I was the annoying kid sister, you know, but when she went to college too, that's about when we started to get closer as well. And then when I went to college, because she had already experienced all of that. So that definitely helped. I feel the same way. Like I, I really love and respect my family so much. I wish we were closer to not only in proximity and distance, but just in general. But um, I think, you know, we've all grown closer together as time has gone on. I'm not, I can't really explain why or how, but I think it's just one of those things. Um, now that everyone is just adulty. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, when, when I know you just recently had a nephew added to your family, yes. you know, your sister, which is a bigger big deal. Yes. But I, I think with the little ones, like, it almost, it spurs you to kind of grow a little bit closer because you realize, like, this family's getting bigger and we need to somehow grab onto each other and, and hold a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good way to put it. Cause I find myself visiting my sister and her family more now than I probably ever did. Also that my parents are getting older, which I hate thinking about, but I'm just like, God, I don't want to regret anything, you know? And so I want to try to, be as family oriented as I can too. Um, Kyle, I know is the same way. He was an only child. So his relationship with his parents has always been very close. I mean, for holidays then, it's got to be really tough because I'm sure Kyle feels yes. a deep sense of responsibility to be the only child Yes, his parents. Holidays we're navigating through right now. What we've done the past couple of years is honestly, we've, we've just split off. So he'll be with his family and I'll be with mine. Mm-hmm. 
because my family is really important to me too. And I don't want to miss all the babies growing up and everything. And his folks live much closer. So we get to see them a little bit more, but I still want to be with them on holidays too. So we're, we're trying to figure out all of that. How, how about Austin? What's his family dynamic like? I mean, so Austin's not a super family oriented person. He has a mother, obviously, but she, so she was very young when she had him. She was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a single mother for a ma- like pretty much majority of his life. Oh, wow. Um, until she married his stepfather when he was, like, I think, like 10. But my, you know, Austin has two half siblings uh, for both of his parents. Like, we live in the same city, 20 minutes away from each other. And we probably, I, before all the pandemic went down, I was actually seeing my parents more often than I was seeing his even like living in the same city. I think Austin's just not super interested in going over there and spending hours of time. Sure. I get that too. I get that too. Do you think things will change after this is over, whatever the new normal looks like? Do you think that's going to change how you have relationships with people, vice versa? Do you see yourself doing anything different? I think I'm going to probably with the pandemic I've I've been communicating with my family a lot more and we're like trying to set up a family game night via like mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger. So I oh, think it, <laughs> um I don't know if you remember like we were very into board games and card games so I'm trying I, to figure out. Of course I remember um, ten. Right, exactly. And they, <laughs> they have a they have an online version of Phase Ten and like Scrabble and things like that, like which are all the games they like to play. So Oh. We're trying to a way of like all of us getting online and doing that together, or like even like setting up a video call. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to figure out, but I think I think this is I think the pandemic is a silver lining in that we're going to I think become closer as a family throughout this. We're trying to find we're we're finding better ways of talking. Like you and I, yeah. for instance, I mean, I know every week now, and um, Amy and I are like doing our um, reality show night every mm-hmm. Thursday again via yeah. Zoom. So, I mean, like, it's, I, I think that this is, I think this is going to be a good thing yeah. for us. It sucks being away from each other, but we're finding more ways to be together. Yeah. You know? That's really well put. I really like that. I really like that. I think if I had more of a network of friends in the area, I would definitely be more social outside of all of this. But I know the second once everything is lifted and whatever, I want to be seeing my family much more than I am. And kind of like you're saying with Austin's side, even though Kyle's family is close to us, like at most, so easy to do in a day just for like dinner or something, you know, and I'm realizing through all of this, you know, we haven't, we, we could do a lot more, I think. Um, yeah. Even though he is really close to his family, like we could actually go visit and vice versa a little bit more. So yeah, silver lining for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about quickly was from my textbook on positive relational communication and its impacts on health. I was telling Libby earlier, like, there's really no surprise. Obviously, if you're a more social person, you're going to be a happier person. And I think that's why so many people are having so much difficulty with the pandemic right now because you literally can't see people person to person 
I mean, I don't love it, but I also don't hate it as much as I think a lot of people do because this is usually my zone anyway. Um, but there are a lot of really wonderful benefits to trying to be social. So I know I need to work on this. Um, and so for those of you listening, you know, just try to be a little bit more friendly and just like step out of your comfort zone, even though sometimes <laughs> it can really fucking suck. Um, especially with people you don't you sound, know. You, honestly, you sound so much like my mother. Oh God, I know. I sound like <laughs> such a mom. It's just because making friends is hard. It um, is. Unless you have it like built in. Like I'm so jealous of Kyle because he can talk to a fucking rock and be best friends with it by the end of the day. And I, I think I think it's a dude thing though, because Austin says he's like, I've made friends just like talking to a dude once, and then we became friends. And I'm like, that's how? not how it works. We'll, no. like, we'll talk for an hour in TJ Maxx and then forget to like talk to each other ever again. Uh, you know? See, that would be so nice. That would be so yeah. nice. Just like I some know. non-judgmental, like let's be friends. Yeah. Um. But so one thing that came about through this particular relationship study, it talks about positive communication and that's exactly what it sounds like, you know, being upbeat and positive and optimistic, which of course can be easier said than done too. But having that kind of attitude with yourself and with other people um, is really, really important in so many different ways. Like, it impacts your mortality. You're um, supposed to live for an average of at least eight years longer than non-social. What? Yeah, regardless of social status, age, sex, initial health status, cause of death, all of those demographics doesn't matter. The only variable was if a person was more social throughout their lifetime, on average, they lived about eight years more than someone who didn't. Stop it. That's crazy, dude. I know. Um, it's really good for your blood pressure and heart rate. A lot of good secretions of good stuff through your blood. I know. That's another word I really hate. I hate the word secretion. Um, of course, managing stress, which I'm terrible at, blah, blah, blah. But this other thing, too, that I vaguely remember, because I don't know about you, but I feel like, especially for women in friendships, Sometimes it can be really hard to be genuinely happy for someone else, regardless if it's a work promotion, regardless if it's, you know, a new outfit. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, little things like that. Is it, like, necessarily because, like, you're comparing yourself to them and you're like, they've done this huge thing, why can't I do that? Yeah, exactly. Or, like, maybe they had a really good presentation at work and you're like, great job, but also you're kind of secretly like, fuck. You know, like, why did you have to be so perfect? Like, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely, dude. So one of the things this book talks about was that idea of celebratory support. Love which, that. Again, women lift some women up, dude. Yeah. And I'm happy that this is gaining some ground in society right now. Like, just fucking be happy for other people. Like, it doesn't need to be a competition all the goddamn time but people who had celebratory support often had 
like the greatest picture of health, especially when it came to cardiovascular health, pulmonary health, everything. Just for number one, being social, but number two, like trying to be genuinely happy for other people. I love that. Like, I think that's a lesson that we can all like put in our back pocket yeah. and try to remember. Cause I mean, like, I, okay. So I've learned this. Okay. Again, I'm going to talk about Amy for a million years. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, some, like I, I learned that she, she has like, she has like the lowdown on all the cool, like, like words and stuff. Cause she listens to like TikTok and stuff, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but she like, I learned a term called gas up. So you like gas someone up. Have what? you heard it? No. Oh <laughs> okay. my God. What is that? Is it like gaslighting? I heard it and I was like, that sounds stupid, but I was like, no, I actually love it. It's like just pumping someone up. Like, no. yeah, it's just pumping someone up. So like, just, <laughs> just so ridiculous. And like, I don't know who like gas is like pumping up a balloon or gassing us and like pumping up a car with gasoline. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. know. Farting don't in know. their face, <laughs> pumping them up. Just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whether whether it's a coworker or your friend or your sister, just like take those small victories of theirs and make them your own. Also, like I have an amazing friend that can fucking do that shit. You are the best person in life. You know, like like that kind of thing. That's really great. Gas up, gas up. I love that. Again, I'm 27, almost 27. One week from it, I don't know if I'm using that correctly. I don't know. I, You're asking the I've wrong person like, a couple months ago, and I, like, stuck in my brain, like, I'm gonna use that going forward, so I don't know. Gas up. Gas up. I love it. (laughs) Well, this is how I'm gonna use it, so if it means something else, what the fuck ever, I'm gonna use it like this. This is great. I love it. Hey, whenever you need to be gassed up, I'll gas you up. Girl, it's mutual, though, like, for real. Like, for real, though. For real. And again, you know, today's episode was all about relationships and managing everything. So again, it's just, it's one of those things. Just try to be you and lift other people up. What is one piece of advice that you could give our listeners for maintaining a multiple decade long relationship? That's a good question. So for ours in particular, because we are a long distance friendship and we have been now for such a long time, just communication, whether it's a text or a call, we don't call each other a ton. I don't call anyone a ton, but we text a good amount. And I know we haven't always done that, but honestly, when I was in grad school and I was so removed from everything else, I just, you know, I got really tired of not putting my friendships first and not prioritizing. So I tried to reach out a little bit more and you have always been a saint and never held any grudges against me which is awesome so like forgiveness and communication and just trust and I would have to say that probably goes with a lot of relationships too I mean Mm -hmm. like I can't remember the last time I was angry at you it's probably again fucking elementary school when we were playing with Barbies yeah but I don't know like how about you what what would your advice what what would you say to our folks listening again like I'm I'm making it sound like an interview again and because like I fucking love like communication like Mm -hmm. just because you're not talking like every single day doesn't mean that they've forgotten about you like you just mentioned in grad school like this is back when you used to Facebook and so you were like 
putting pictures up with, like, your new friends. Like, I remember one in particular where you, like, jumping in a pumpkin patch. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you're, like, okay, but all the way back, legit, like, that's my friend, and she's having a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Just because they, you may have forgotten about them for a couple weeks doesn't always mean that you are no longer their friend. Exactly. So I think just reaching out and if, even if they pop in your head for like, oh my God, I remember that stupid Polly Pocket, we got in trouble because I tore one of her like t-shirts off and broke it. Because those things are rubber and they're very fragile. They were so um, fragile. <laughs> I mean, like, I just remember like just getting like those little tiffs and I'm like, just thinking about those sometimes, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should tell Annalisa just that I, I remember that small little fight that we had when we were 11 years old. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that, I think that just goes a huge, like, a super long way in friendships. It does. It does. Especially these days, like, regardless of distance, just, like, work schedules, everything. I mean, it takes two seconds to text someone. It takes them one second to Snapchat. Literally. Just, you know, just, like, a little, like, hey, is there anything else you'd like to add? I, I don't think so. I think, I think I'm, like, ready to, like, slap a cover on this one and, and call it good. I don't know. How about you? I'm ready to take a bunch of personality tests. I know what I'm doing the rest Me of the too. time. <laughs> I think, I think we should add a couple of those links. Oh, we have a Twitter. Yes. A Twitter Talk now. about the Twitter. Yes, yes, um, yes. Our, my good friend Amy was very mad that I mentioned Twitter in the first episode and then never made one. So <laughs> we have a Twitter now. It, we, uh, it's at we are such adults right now. We're on Twitter. Uh, we have not put anything on it, but it's but there. We're on it. And we will communicate with you if you com communicate with us. Yeah. Uh, we also have a new email. We are such adults at gmail.com. I don't know, Alice, do you have anything else to add? I would love to know, you know, whoever is thinking or listening to us out there, all 14 of you. Um, <laughs> let us know your advice, tips on relationships, how you feel like you thrive as a person when you're trying to, you know, be friendly with people, um, how you've sustained your own relationships, all of that. Even, hell, tell us what your fucking Myers-Briggs equation is. Like, just tell us what you are. Like, I would, yeah, that would be so fascinating to me, but no, it's fascinating. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Communication is communication. Key. Communication. Can't see, but it's it's a SpongeBob imagination. Right imagination. Now. I remember that. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to yet another one of our episodes. We hope you have a great night. Goodbye.